We have a very special guest here on location in Pamplona, Spain, for the European Forum for Restorative Justice Symposium, entitled and framed on Policy Matters in Restorative Justice, Mapping a Field in its Process of Growth and Innovation. And I'm truly honored to be here with Jorge Ojedo Pedrano Peron, excuse me, um, who is the board, one, he's a board member of the European Forum for Restorative Justice. He's also the director of the Penal Enforcement and Restorative Justice Service of the Government of Navarre here in Spain. And I'd like to open us up with Jorge today by reading from his introduction to this conference in the, in the handbook we all received. There's people from all over the world here. And if you're interested in the work of the European Forum for Restorative Justice, we're gonna be talking about how to contact and some of the programming. There's a lot of amazing things happening with this organization. So he says, the politics that matter is done collectively and attached to the local territory where they are born, but also open to the world. Here in Navarre, the restorative justice policy, the policy of the common good, found allies in other communities, such as Catalonia and the Basque country, and received an important boost from Europe. In this way, the regulations emanating from the European Union, such as the European Directive 2012 on the Rights of Victims and the Council of Europe, such as the Recommendation 2018 on restorative justice, have helped to strengthen restorative justice in Navarre. Inspired by these norms, this community is the first in Spain to have a law on restorative justice and restorative practices. And this is one of the issues that we want to share in this international seminar. The importance of cross-fertilization between the local and international, between the traditional and the innovative. This restorative justice law establishes the right of every citizen of Navarre to access a quality public service aimed at achieving reparation for the damage caused, responsibility and reintegration for offenders, and the participation of people and communities affected by crimes. Moreover, it promotes a social and community approach. The restorative processes will aim at promoting a culture of peace in the affected community and in society in general, trying to foster the conditions that prevent harmful behaviors from being repeated. So Jorge, uh, you say so much um, about the different areas that we're covering here in Spain at this conference and symposium. But one of the things that really moved me this morning, um, among many, was how you opened the conference. So maybe that's where we could start, is what was important to you to um, set the tone for the theme and for this convening, which is extraordinary? Well, thank you, Molly, and firstly, thank you for inviting me here to, to speak with you. It's really a pleasure. Well, this morning when I opened the seminar, of course, I, I, I have been thinking about how I, I was going to do my speech, 
and I realized that I didn't want to do something that is too, too protocolary and to just say, say the same things that we are used to uh, listening in the uh, openings, like, welcome, this is provided by the government of Navarra. I wanted to say something about why we are here, why we are joining so many people from all over the world to talk about restorative justice. And I think that is because restorative justice touch something that we think is necessary in, the, uh, in our hearts. That we live in difficult political times in many places, you know, we have war in Europe, we have violence and polarization in our communities, and all the people that are in the restorative justice field, we think that we have to do something about that, and the thing that we know how to, what to do is to speak face to face, to have dialogue with each other, to also listen very attentively to what others are saying, and especially taking our part of responsibility of what is happening. So I really wanted to say, set this tone more like emotional, and that's why I ended with, with a poem that I found um, some, some months ago. It's, it's from a poet from my hometown. This guy is called Luis Melgarejo, and he writes about, let's say, um, education. He says in this point that you don't need punishment to make other person understand what you want him or her to understand. That actually it's better if you uh, speak, speak with your voice. And in this point, he also, of course, the poetry is always better to read it just like it is, not to explain it. But for me, it's also important what he says in this point that the sp spoken word is, has something special that the written word it hasn't. So in our modern society, we are full of norms and, and laws that are written, and we are we move around a lot of protocols. And now with internet, we read a lot of things, and we have a lot of information. But we, I think, somehow we speak less. And it's so important that we have face-to-face -face dialogue with people we care and also with people we disagree. Not uh, written dialogue, not written uh, discussions, but dialogue face-to-face, -face, like, like the one we are having now, you, you and me, because in the real in moment, in the actual moment of real life, and is where you, you can have communication and you can find a way of really overcoming these other things that disturb us or uh, apart us. Mm. That is so wonderful. And I, I mean, the poem that you shared this morning was so powerful. Um, and part of what I heard you just say, and what I heard in that poem was the importance of storytelling. Mm -hmm. And that sadly, we may be losing some of that in the information age. Yeah. So we want to keep that, right? Yeah. And I know that, that you come from a very rich cultural heritage here in mm -hmm. Spain. And I wondered if you might tell our listeners and share with us a bit about Ongi Etori. Mm -hmm. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yeah. yeah. What, what does that mean to you? 
Well, ongietori means welcome, uh, and also another word that is written in the in the notebook is uh, sorioneku, that means good luck, and it was a word that was written in the front door of houses, so as a way of saying to anyone who was uh, coming that you are welcome here, that uh, we wish you good luck in our community. So I think this is something very important here in Navarra, in this community. The thing that uh, we are a proud community with a, a very big sense of community, let's say a very uh, deep sense of that we are together, but it's also an open community. And this is somehow like the perfect, perfect match. To be a strong community that care to each other, but also to be open and to care for the rest of the world. You cannot care for all the world, but at least you can care for the people who pass by. Mm -hmm. And you can say to them, my door is mm -hmm. open, let's come and let's talk. Maybe mm -hmm. I, can, I cannot do what you need, maybe I, have, I don't have the resources to, mm -hmm. to help you, but at least my door is open, my, my table, my, my chair and my table is here, so let's have a talk. That sounds a lot like uh, a cultural restorative lens. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when we think about our friend Howard Zare and his beautiful work in this field, um, one of his phrases that, that he added to the discussion years ago was, you know, uh, the restorative lens, uh, shifting perspectives. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you, you here in Navarra have had that. Um, perspective, maybe without uh, as a whole really even knowing it, mm -hmm. but you're speaking to it, right? Yeah, so. I think I think uh, that every community has this. I'm sure that in the U.S., in Colorado, in every part of the world, we can find this feeling of, let's say, restorative community. This feeling of we uh, respect the other person because it's. In embed in our human nature, I would say. But I, I think that in this um, world that is going so fast, we sometimes lose this idea. And, and one thing that I, what I'm trying to say is that restorative justice is a global movement or a global idea that it has, uh, it has some important authors, scholars there that I read him, that he's from America or Canada, I don't remember, but I read him and said, oh, what this guy is saying is touching me. I understand what he's saying. I think that I, I, I have to have this lens. So why is that happening? I think this is happening because it's a way of looking at the world that we all understand, mm -hmm. a way of looking at the world that mm -hmm. means that we want to relate each other, each other uh, with justice, being just, firm, with firmness. Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, thank you so much for being here. I know that we have a little bit of time together left, so I'd love to dive in a bit back to the policy matters mm -hmm. and ask you about Navarre, and it sounds as if it's had some extremely instrumental policy put in place. Would you share with us a little bit more about that? I touched on it when I read your mm -hmm. opening, mm -hmm. or at least a part of the opening in yeah. the handbook. Yeah, sure. Well, uh, Navarra is um, a small region in the north of Spain, 
So um, we don't have full competences to, to create, the, to change, let's say, the criminal law, but we have um, a purpose, and it was to, it is to create a restorative ecosystem here. So we managed to pass a law that was approved by the Parliament of Navarra, and in this law we are saying that we want to create a system in which every conflict, every harm can be dealt restoratively. So in this law we set a restorative practice uh, network, or at least we say that we want to create it, you know, we put in the law that it should be created, this restorative justice network, for, let's say, community low-level uh, conflicts that don't go into the criminal justice system. And then we also say in this law that there is a right for every victim or every offender uh, that have committed a crime to go into a high-quality restorative justice service and to have this opportunity. So it's quite an ambitious law, um, but it is possible, it has been possible because there was a restorative uh, work done before. Like for 20 years, the restorative justice has, has been happening, has been developing here mm -hmm. in, in Navarra, and this time we have managed to, to make happen, to have a law, and well, it's, it, it will take a lot of time for us to develop, uh -huh. but uh, we are very happy about it. And you said you have money coming to, to this um, implementation and, and program that is now spreading and building mm -hmm. more than just in certain pockets, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, we... And, oh, sorry, sorry uh, but, but I, I know people are always wondering, well, how can we sustain our work? We even wonder that in Colorado, and we have a restorative justice legislation that is a that when put uh, money specifically towards restorative justice mm -hmm. on a statewide level mm -hmm. it's an RJ fund technically mm -hmm. but we still need more right mm -hmm. beyond um, the the short-term vision and strategic planning mm -hmm. um, how are you feeling about that and do you want to tell people about where where your work is being funded um, mm -hmm. so that it can sustain beyond a short term. Mm -hmm. Well, we are a, a government, so we have a certain amount of money that now yeah. is secure, is safe for restorative justice. So at least the money that we have now, we know that the following years, we are gonna have it for the restorative justice actions that we want to, to have. But. To be honest, the new action that we want to implement depends on political changes too. So depends on uh, political priorities that we think that with this law we will find a way to get this funding increased, which is very important because what, what, I, what I think is that if we understand that um, we are spending a lot of money in criminal justice, in normal, traditional, let's say, criminal justice system, in judges, courts, prisons, and very little money compared to that in restorative justice. So I would like to see that at least the budget is improved, increased, and that we can have a more balanced way of, of, of using the, the budget. But I, I have to be honest in saying that that, that is a step-by-step -step, uh, job work to do. Right, right. Um, 
last maybe question, but also wanting to hear any concluding thoughts of your observations from the first day of the symposium today. And I'm very curious to know, as a board member, what, what are you hoping for to see happen uh, for the EFRJ? I, I know that you all have been um, in movement for two decades, mm -hmm. doing a lot of very important work, and you have very specific areas of focus and uh, groups, working groups. Mm -hmm. um, so many things that you're offering, webinars, um, a lot, uh, and obviously including this, this beautiful symposium with very, very compelling presentations. Um, so what are your hopes and what, what would you like to see five years from now? Well, well firstly, uh, regarding the first part of your question, uh, I, I'm amazed of how the seminar, the symposium is going on. I think that it, there is a very good at atmosphere. People seem uh, look very energetic. I think we are in this field very, very, uh, you know, happy every time we meet together and we, we, we listen to each other's stories and projects. And regarding the forum, I'm completely also amazed of the power that we have on our memberships. There are a lot of members doing lots of things and the power of the forum is to make them more visible, to put them together and to, to, to promote the important job that everyone is doing in a lot of countries all over Europe and beyond, but because you know that there are also people from, from other parts of the world. So what I would like to see, what I, I think that we are going to, to make for sure in idea is that any of these working groups that we have now, that we have for instance one on environmental crime, which is a really pressing and important issue, we have another group on restorative schools, we have a group about crime or harm that happens in institutions, like for instance the, the Catholic Church, well, we have very, very, uh, we have another group on gender-based violence, so really important issues in which the restorative justice movement has some, a lot of things to, to give. So I would love to see that these working groups are expanded mm. and are much more powerful because I've seen the work that each group has done mm -hmm. in this last year and it's mm -hmm. impressive and I wonder what will happen if we continue growing. And the good thing about it is that the only thing that we have to do is to put people together yes. and, 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 and make that energy flow. And when you say put people together, um, may I be so bold to say that you brought many people from other countries overseas mm -hmm. um, to this conference um, due to your incredible work in the field. It's, a ma it's magnetic to be here with you all um, to learn and to connect. And I'm wondering what would you like to say to people around the world who may be beyond um, the European continent what is your invitation um, to to those of us listening in other places in the world? Well, my, my invitation is that I want to learn from them. I will I will say that, and I, I, I don't want to tell uh, anything to them, but I want to listen to them. I would love to listen to them because I think that we all have in every place of the world we have really important things to share. Uh, I want. I, I mean that they should trust 
what they are doing, they should trust their cultural roots. So focus on your cultural roots. Look of what is happening in your community, what is uh, what it used to be your community 50 years ago, how you want your community to be 50 years uh, ahead. And okay, if you can catch something from other places of the world, that's perfect, but listen to the people that you have around and, and trust that knowledge. Mm. Thank you so much. And would it be possible for people from overseas to collaborate in any way, uh, to create more of an international network with you? Um, is that something that the EFRJ is hoping for in your working groups and otherwise? Yeah, yeah, sure. The working groups are open for, for people all over the world. So they can check in the forum website okay. and they can re register and they can know, uh, they can learn how the groups work. Now we have just had um, a call to create the groups, so okay. they are created every two years, so now it's going to be one year and a half till we have a new call, but I will invite them to get in touch with the forum to maybe come to our next conference that is going to be in Tallinn in Estonia, in the north of Europe. Maybe that will be a place to meet us, to know each other, and if they like what they see, maybe they will like yes. to join. <laughs> and so, um, on the la that last note, can you share how people find you online, EFRJ? And also, I would just like to add and encourage people to, to support EFRJ by becoming a member. Mm -hmm. Of course. Yes. Of course. I think that the website is euroforumrj.org. ORG, but if it's not like that, you can correct <laughs> right. it. In the, right, in the, we can, and we can Google website. it. Too. Okay, the yeah. FRJ, European Excellent. Forum for, for Restorative Justice. Justice. Exactly. Look for us in the website and write us an email if you have any questions. So, anything you'd like to leave us with? Well, I will say, Sorioneku, good luck. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Molly. Well, and now we have a social dinner yes, that we are going to enjoy. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Martin. Thank you.